We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. A number of years ago now, about, oh, it's probably about 30 years ago, a book came out called The Road Less Travelled. Um, anyone read The Road Less Travelled? Is there a few, few years out there? Um, written by a guy called Scott Peck. And uh, he's a Christian guy, um, psychologist, um, and it, uh, it kind of got on the New York best um, sellers list um, because it just kind of hit a chord with a lot of people addressing some really deep issues in life. And the first line of Scott Peck's book in A Road Less Travelled says this, it says, life is difficult. And uh, I think a lot of people kind of read that line and went, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty true. <laughs> There's a lot going on in life. You know, sometimes life goes well. Sometimes there are really big challenges. And they consume, those challenges consume a lot of our focus and our energy. Life, life can be difficult. And it's not just some of the choices that we make that generate those difficulties, but just people around us or just circumstances around us or COVID-19 just... Sometimes life's just difficult, right? And uh, those challenges come our way and we need resilience to cope with those challenges that come, come our way. And the analogy that we're using throughout this series is that of a tree, which you see up there. And um, that what you see on the outside of our lives, like what people see on the outside, our actions, our behaviour, our interactions with others, that's kind of what's above the ground, Right? And that's what you see a tree, right? It's what you see above ground. Actually, I used to live in Linden Grove, which is just in by Hillmorton Hospital, and they have some incredibly beautiful big oak trees in that subdivision. Um, and there's this one tree that I walk past most mornings, and literally the span of this tree would have gone probably even further than between these two curtains. Like, it was an incredible span of branches in this tree. And I thought about it, I thought, man, if the span of the branches are that wide, now I'm no horticulturalist, but apparently the roots go out as far as the branches go. Is that, I'm looking for a net or someone who, who can tell me. Is that about right? Is that at least, if not further? So there you go. So the, I was thinking, man, the root system of this tree must go like, like 10 metres or more from this tree. It must be incredible. Of course, it took many years to develop that root system in the tree, but it's the root system of that tree that can withstand, well, it holds, it, it gives nutrients to this tree, it supports the tree above ground. You don't see it, but it's really important. And last week and this week, I'm looking particularly at what are the roots that we're putting down in our lives? What's, the, what's our inner life has, have to look like for us to be strong on the outside? How do we build this strong inward life that we have? How do we, how do we build a life that sustains us with those difficulties that we face? You know, what, what are the challenges that come our way and, and how do we contend with them? How can we build a good foundation? So here's a question that I, I want you to consider today. It's just rhetorical. You don't have to feedback. But think about this. What do you do to replenish your energy levels, okay? So, you know, we, we all have busy lives, right? We, we do what we have to do during the week, but what replenishes you? 
what do you, some of you might say, well, I just sleep, you know. <laughs> if I can get a good night's sleep, then that replenishes me. Well, it sure does. Like, they say that, don't they, that we need at least seven or eight hours sleep a night. So that is one thing that recharges the batteries, right? But what else do you do that replenishes the energy levels in your life? You know, what, what do you do that helps you cope? Yes, Liz. Oh, it does it? Okay, that, that works for you? Okay, fair enough. So, so what, whatever it looks like for you, and it, it's interesting that as I read magazines and books so far, it's interesting that meditation of various forms is becoming a, a bigger thing in people's lives, and I go, that's interesting, breathing techniques. There's all this focus now on keeping balance in life, isn't there? And how do we, you know, there's, we've got to expend so much energy in our work and our, um, our looking after our families and all the different things that we do. What, how do we cope with keeping a balance in all of this? Now, so, here's some approaches that people do. Um, some people go, well, you just be careful how much you take on. Just don't do as much. Well, that can work. Um, a lot of us distract ourselves with entertainment. We, you know, binge watch Netflix or something like that, you know, whatever the latest series is on in Netflix or movies or scroll through the Facebook feeds endlessly and see what's happening there or on YouTube or whatever um, your, your social media poison is. Um, and, and for other people, it will be activity. I'm, I'm more of that sort of... Uh, person that I, I actually go out and do something. I go mountain biking or skiing or something like that, and that re-energizes me. Um, Lisa McMillan would be uh, one of those people as well, you know. You, or you get out and play golf. It, it just it's something that re-energizes you. Or maybe it's just spending time with friends. Now, all of those things are good things. I'm not I'm not getting down on any of that. If if those things replenish your energy, then great. But for Christians, there is a much greater resource than golf or meditation or Netflix. There is something that can replenish us more than anything else. So let's have a read. Isaiah chapter 40, where it's described. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, says this. Do you not know, have you not heard, The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary like us. And his understanding, no one can fathom. In other words, God is incredible. He is limitless. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And everyone who's a bit weary and feeling a bit weak at the moment goes, Amen, bring it on. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So what Isaiah the prophet is communicating here is the presence of God's Spirit in our lives is a significant source of energy and strength. God is the one who gives life. He is the one that can impart life to us. He can be the one that fires us up with passion and give us vision and energy to do what he's called us to do. 
Actually, when you look at the life of the disciples, I think it's it's amazing testament of this. You know, when you, you look at the disciples around Jesus and when he was ministering with them, they get a, they get quite tired at times. Even towards the end of Jesus' ministry, when he was he um, died, he was resurrected. They were kind of like, "Wow, this is amazing!" But and then he says, "Well, you're going to go out and change the world," and they're like, "Oh." Man, really? Um, and, and you're going to leave? And how are we going to do that? And, you know, they're in the upper room and they're going, I don't know how this is all going to work. And that can be a bit like us at times. We go, wow, you know, there is so much to do in life. And even to, to even look at what God's called me to do as well as cope with everything else, I'm doing, oh, wow, you know, it's just too much to ask. But then Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit is poured out into the life of the disciples. And we see a renewed energy. We see what Isaiah is talking about here. Where they're fired up. They're like, the soaring like eagles. They go out and they literally change the world. They seem to have the energy and the passion and the, and the strength to do it. And Paul, who becomes one of those disciples who's full of God's spirit and spreading the message around the world, says this in Ephesians. He's praying for the church at Ephesus, and we read this in Ephesians 3, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. Coming back to the analogy of the tree, it's like um, the nutrients being drawn into those roots and working their way up through the tree so that there's there's fruit on the tree, there's leaves that come out, there's fruit that comes out because of the nutrients that are coming into the roots underground. And this, this is what Paul is praying for. He's saying, may your inner being, may your, may your heart, may your inner life, your thinking, your, your spirit, the, the, everything that, is, that God has put in you, may it be full of God's life. God is the giver of life and he's going to impart his Holy Spirit in you so that you can grow a strong root system and become a resilient person. Actually, in Isaiah 40 there, that, that um, word, if, if you've got various versions, you'll see that um, some versions say those who put their hope in the Lord. Other versions say those who wait upon the Lord and you're kind of going, well, that's quite different, isn't it? Like those who hope in the Lord or those who wait on the Lord? Like, like what is it? It's a difficult word to translate because in the Hebrew, the, the word literally means wait with confident expectancy. But that's kind of too wordy in the sentence. And, and, the, and the idea is that of a, kind of like the prodigal son, if you know that story, the father is waiting or he is hoping for his son would be another way to put it, or um, waiting with confident expectancy for his son to return. Or maybe an, an illustration for us um, in these days would be maybe you've got a family member returning from overseas and you know, you've got to wait for them to get out of you know, two weeks quarantine and you're, you're standing on the outside of the, the gate kind of waiting, you know, the 14 days are up. Um, you, you, yes, you're waiting, but you're not just sitting around kind of going, yeah, okay, I'm just waiting. You're waiting with 
in your inner life is like with confident expectancy, like, where are they? Come on, you know, how long is this going to take? Come on, when are they going to open the doors? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive you. And that's, that's what's being communicated in this passage in Isaiah, is that we need to come to God, those who wait on God, those who have their hope with confident expectancy that I am here, God, to meet with you. And I am confident that you will. I'm confident that as I seek you, as I reach out to you, you will be there. And so what Isaiah is saying is do this regularly. We see it in the, in the life of Jesus where he regularly sets time aside daily to meet with God. Why? Because he's giving out so much. His, his energy levels are going down through the day as he's ministering to so many people and, and meeting the demands on his life that he withdraws and he replenishes his, himself by, he strengthens himself in the Lord by, by focusing on God and spending time with him. So as you come to church today, I hope and our prayer is this replenishes you. This, this fills up your inner tank. This nourishes the root system in your tree, for want of a better way to put it. But come with expectancy. That's what Isaiah is communicating here, is, is come with this attitude of going, God, I am here to meet with you. And I'm ready to engage with you. I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to receive your life. I know that only you can impart your life, but I'm ready to receive it. And as, you, as we take the time every day to do that, God will replenish our energy levels. It's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of countercultural, isn't it? You kind of think, hang on, I am so busy with my day to take 20 minutes or half an hour out first thing in the morning or whenever it works for you, to focus on God and pray and just spend time in God's presence. You kind of think, sometimes, I don't know about you, but you can be tempted to think, am I wasting my time here? Is, is God even listening to me? I can think of a million other things that I should be doing right now, you know, should be getting the kids' lunches for school or whatever, you know, or, um, you know, finishing off that report ahead of the meeting today or whatever it happens to be. There, there are a number of things that we could list off in our lives that we could do. And you think, maybe if I just try and cram more in my day and just get all the list done and get it ticked off, then I'll feel better. Or then I'll, if I, get, if I get through my list today, maybe then I'll give God some time. And yet, if you've journeyed with the Lord for a while, you'll know this to be true. That it's incredible that if you actually give God that time, your energy levels rise. He gives you a focus that you can take into the day. And suddenly your day goes a whole lot smoother and a whole lot better. And you're way more productive than you would have been if you had just got up and just go straight into your day. So this is the challenge that I encourage you with today is set that time aside. Have that time of replenishing, of re renewing in your day. And let it, be a, let it be a significant enough time for you to be aware of God's presence and be aware of his voice and for him to speak into your life. It will re-energize you more than ever before. 
uh, the, the older I get, the more I realize that I need that time with God. Uh, you know, that you don't get to a place in your Christian walk where, you know, you're so mature and so spiritual that you go, ah, oh, I don't need to spend time with God anymore. He's just with me all the time. You know, I hear people kind of make up different excuses. Well, okay, maybe, maybe if that works for you, but I haven't seen that work. The people that I know that connect with God deeply and what I see in my own life is that the more I come to learn about God, the more I need to dig in deeper and find out more about who he is because there is so much to know. And it is such a valuable time to spend that time in prayer and just being in his presence. So let's look at what happens when you set aside that time. What happens when you do that? And in your devotional notes um, this week, you'll see that I've elaborated on five different areas, which I'll just touch on briefly today. But if you want to go a little bit deeper, the notes will take you deeper um, this week. And the first one, Monday's devotion, is focused on God's presence. When you choose to set aside time to be with God, you will sense that he is present with you may not be in the first few minutes or so, but give it time if you keep focused on him. He'll give you an awareness of who he is. He'll reveal himself to you. God wants to meet with you. God wants to make himself known to you. So as you spend that time in worship, as you spend that time in prayer, he will come. And don't give up on that. Don't kind of go, oh, well, I tried that for 10 minutes and I did it for a couple of days and, you know, didn't kind of work out. Well, hang on a minute. This is the God of the universe. This is a God who created you, who has a purpose for your life. He deserves your time. He deserves that quality time and quality focus. Um, sometimes it helps to have a wee notepad beside you to sort of make notes of things that come to your head that, that don't distract you, but stay in as, as focused time as you can. And as you do that, you will replenish that root system in your life. It will strengthen that tree so that when you come to a situation in your life where you go, man, I need to know whether God's with me in this, it will be clear. See, the great thing about spending time with God is you become more and more attuned and aware of his presence in your life. That his support, his presence, his, he's with you. And it, and it becomes stronger and more clearer in your life. And if you don't sense it initially, keep going. It will come. It's a bit like exercise, you know. I don't know about you, but I'm discovering that every decade, I have to do more exercise to maintain even a reasonable level of fitness. Like when I was 20, I did no disciplined exercise. I used to bike to work now and again, things like that. But I used to do hardly anything. And then, you know, come do a football game or something like that over summer. I was like, yeah, all good, no worries. Go ski, yeah, no problem. Got to my 30s, got a little bit harder. Well, now I'm in my mm, 50s. Uh, and I exercise like a disciplined exercise about five or six times a week. 
And I can, and I'm only just kind of maintaining a, a level of fitness, probably about 50% of when I was in my 20s, I was going, this sucks, it's getting old, <laughs> it's really hard work. Well, I did do a whole full day skiing on Friday, and I still felt okay on Saturday morning. But, but you see, exercise is a good example of that, is that you do all this work in the gym, or you go for a bike ride or a regular run, and you actually may not feel that much different. But then come when you really put the strain on, when you kick that football around for an hour or whatever it is, you actually go, oh, I'm actually fitter than I thought I was, you know? Or you keep up with the kids, you know? You actually go, okay, this is, this is all right, I can do this, you know? And, and spending time with God is a bit like that. You've just got to put in the time to be aware of his presence. Here's the second thing is that those who wait expectantly on God, who have that attitude to meet with him every day, receive his peace. There are a lot of people today searching for a sense of peace. That sense of, it's okay, I will get through this. Uh, the, the opposite, I suppose, to peace is fear and anxiety and being worried and stressed out about what's going to happen next or how we're going to cope with something. But God can supernaturally bring a peace into our lives. And for, for many Christians, this is one of the, the most common experiences they have when they come into God's presence. They sense that God's peace comes to them and gives them a sense that, yeah, he is with them, I'm at peace, I'm okay. God has it under control. The third thing that we see is that when we come into God's presence, we, we feel his presence, we sense that he is there, we have that sense that his peace is with us. The third thing that we see is that we get his perspective. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes... I wake up in the middle of the night just because, you know, Ginny is rolling over or whatever and disturbs me or, I don't know, I just uh, ate something wrong or whatever and I, I wake up in the middle of the night and then, and then it's sort of hard to go back to sleep again, right? And then you get these thoughts that start going around in your head. You start thinking about the next day and stuff like that. But you're kind of in this, you're not really awake, awake. You're kind of like half asleep. You, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's some people out there, a few insomniacs out there. Um, I'm not an insomniac. No, don't worry. But um, sometimes you get that. And then you start thinking something through or you're trying to solve a problem. Really bad idea, okay, at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Have you ever tried that? It's really bad. Because what happens is it seems huge in the middle of the night. You know, you go, oh, man, how am I going to do that? It's so big, you know. You get up in the morning and you go, why was I so worried about that in the middle of the night? I lost sleep over that. And it's really not that big of a deal. And, and see, some of it is it's just our fallible brains just trying to work out things in our lives that sometimes we just don't have the ability to do. Because we don't have all the information or we, we don't know what's going to happen. So how, try this. Try bringing it to God. Bring it to God in prayer. God actually asks us to do this. He asks us, he says, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, present your prayers and petitions to me. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayers and petition, present your request to God. 
And then we will know the peace of God that transcends understanding. See, it's right there in the Word of God what we're to do. We're to bring stuff to God. And what happens there, not only does He bring His presence, not only does He give us His peace, but He gives us a fresh perspective. So I often pray now I, that when I come across a difficulty, I, my, my first reaction years ago, my natural reaction, and it's natural for all of us, is to go, okay, I've got to work my way through this. And as I'm working my way through the problem, I think, oh, God, I could do with some help in this, you know. But now I'm trying to become more disciplined about going to God first and going, okay, I know that I, I could just work out this and stress about it for the next few days, but I'm just going to give it to you, God. God, give me your perspective on this situation. Because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows how that situation that you're struggling with is going to work out. So just ask him. Just say, God, give me your perspective. Now you'll notice that these conveniently all start with P. Um, and here's, here's the fourth P. Um, we receive renewed passion. In God's presence. In that scripture in Isaiah, it talks about where we hope in God, where we wait on Him, where we come with confident expectancy to Him. We will soar like eagles. Now, I don't know about you, but when you read a scripture like that, you go, Oh, well, that would be awesome. Yeah, I want to soar like an eagle in my life. You know, like, where I just catch those updrafts and I'm just, yeah, I'm just soaring through the problems of life. That would be awesome. But how do you do that? Well, what Isaiah is saying here is that the key is to wait on him. And as we wait on him, there will be fresh passion that fills our lives. I, I discover as we were sharing before on Christ's compassion and his love for those around him, that as I'm praying for people around me, even by the way, the people that I'm disagreeing with maybe at that moment or struggling with at the moment. As, as you pray God's blessing on them, it's amazing how God changes your heart. He gives you a fresh love for people. He gives you a fresh compassion for those around you. When you're thinking, man, I've got enough things going on in my life. I haven't got time to input into other people. He gives you that renewed love for those around you. A fresh passion for life, for your family, for your kids, for your partner, for those close to you. He's the one that can impart that energy and that life and that passion that you need as you wait on him. There are so many benefits, so many benefits to spending time in God's presence. Here's the last one, and one we all need. As we wait expectantly, with confident expectancy on our encounters with God and spending time with Him, He will impart His power in our lives. See, the problem is, is that we only have so much power we can generate in ourselves. But God has unlimited power. In Ephesians 3.20, Paul says this, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God is able to do through your life incredible things beyond what you can imagine. 
And at the moment, you're kind of thinking, man, I wouldn't want to take on any more than I'm currently doing. I've got enough on my plate, thank you very much. But imagine this. Imagine reaching your full potential and having the energy in you to do it. That's what God has for you. And he will empower you to do so. A few weeks ago, I was at a, a meeting up in Hamilton, and I got talking to this guy, and he must have been only like... I didn't actually ask him his age, but I'd sort of put him in maybe uh, mid, mid-30s, something like that, got a couple of young kids, and uh, I said, oh man, busy time for your life, and he goes, yeah man, I'm, I'm crazy busy, but I'm fired up for God, and I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, no, tell me about it, and just literally um, six or seven years before, so he would have been sort of mid to late 20s at this point, he told me the story of how his sister got cancer, and um, struggled with cancer for a few years, and, and then finally passed away. But she was a really committed Christian, but he wasn't. And uh, he, he, he watched her go through this journey and uh, how resilient she was. And he was just so, he just so admired her strength and her, her faith as, he, as she went through that really difficult time. And then uh, in her will, she actually left her children to him and his partner to look after and uh, said, look, um, if you could bring them up in, in church, that would be great. So he went, kind of went, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of going to church, but my, I, I want to honor my sister and her faith and, and uh, what she wants for her kids. So um, he started bringing his kids as well as all her kids along to, along to church. And a couple of Sundays in, he gives his life to Christ. And his whole life just immediately turned around. He said, man, it was like night and day. Like he said, my life completely changed. I used to be pretty unmotivated and just kind of ticking my way through life. And then I realized the life that is in Christ, the power of God that we receive in our relationship with him. And it just turned his life around. Now he leads a C3 church on the North Shore. And he's only been a Christian like six or seven years. And I'm like, mate, that's awesome. You know, that's what the power of God could do. He had no idea that that's what God was going to do with his life. God can do immeasurably more than you ask or you think. So if you're looking at that circumstance at the moment in your life, bring it to God. There is the power, there is the presence, there is the peace, there is the passion, there is the perspective there in Christ that you need for your day. You will you'll be able to cope with a whole lot more going around in your life if you spend some time with him. And the irony is, isn't it, that we live such busy lives that we, we squeeze out that time with God. But actually, that time in God's presence where we wait on him, where we're expectantly receiving from him, is, is what will renew our strength. It will be what renews our life. So make a choice today. Make a choice today to spend that time in his presence, to receive all that he has for you. And here's the other thing, the, the interesting kind of counterintuitive thing of the kingdom culture is that we think that if we take it upon ourselves to fix everything that's in front of us, to, to um, work out all our problems in, lives, in our lives on our own, that we'll fix it that way. But actually the opposite is true. It's when we come and surrender. 
It's when we surrender our agenda, when we surrender our lives, where we choose to live God's way, not yeah, choose to live God's way, not our way. That we actually enter into the life that He has for us. When we choose to surrender some time and spend it in God's presence and seek Him. And in that time, give all of our our family, our work, all that we have over to him. God refreshes us in that time. A bunch of us guys at the moment um, on Wednesday mornings are meeting just up here. And I know that on these cold, frosty mornings, it's still dark at that time of day, but 6.45 for about half an hour or so, we just spend time in God's presence. And it is so refreshing. We just put some worship music on. We don't, we don't pray into a whole lot of things, but we're just spending time in God's presence with a bunch of guys encouraging each other, praying for each other. And man, I come away just ready to go for it on Wednesday because I've just spent some time with, with people who have a heart to wait on God, to put their hope in God together. If you want to join us, you're most welcome. It's a, it's a guys thing at the moment. Um, if the girls want to do that too, that's all cool. Um, can, we can find another day. But if you're a guy and you just want to connect with some guys and more importantly, connect with um, God before you go to work, um, just join us. 6.45 upstairs every Wednesday would be awesome. And as we do that, God will renew us. As we give it all to him, he will give his life Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.